for the talent. It's the last thing I do once I have all of my crew and I have the location, everything, uh, I start looking for talent. Welcome to Best in Fest, and I'm Leslie Lepage, the director of La Femme International Film Festival, and this is a podcast for people who are interested in advancing their career in TV and film and learning the dirty little secrets of Hollywood. Today, my uh, lovely guest is Justine Bertrand, and she is a wonderful filmmaker who has specialized in creating commercials. And she studied at the International Film School in Paris. Then she went on to be selected and screened at the Cannes Short Film Corner Film Festival, and then also created her first commercial for a brand called Dr. Martens in Paris, where it was screened at the headquarters there for the London team. So let's talk. So excited to have you here. You also uh, were a finalist in La Femme with your commercial, but why commercials? As opposed to docs or features or, you know, maybe you're exploring all avenues. But let's let's talk about commercials. Well, thanks for having me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's funny that uh, you mentioned commercial because I didn't even realize that I was special in commercials. But when I see what I did in terms of project as a director, mm-hmm. it's true that I have more commercials than narrative projects. And I didn't even realize it. But yeah, I guess I like commercial. Uh, I like it because there is like a challenge, you know, to you have to sell. You have to convince the people who who see your project that what you're showing is worth buying or that it's good um i don't think i want to really stay only in commercial i really like narrative stuff i want to do more writing narrative um project but uh, yes so far i did a lot of commercial because so the doc martin uh commercial it was i was still in school in paris and it was an exercise from our teachers and they wanted to introduce us in the commercial world so it was my first uh so the first time I was trying to to write a commercial and it was really long and really narrative and my teacher said no you 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 can cut you can just keep the three first sentences and there you have a commercial I was like okay that's that's easy so yeah uh I guess I I continue after that and for it's a for it's a wonderful bad it was it was different because it's about like products that are healthy for women uh, and so the idea came during the pandemic uh, in March I was in lockdown in Paris and uh, I was reading some uh, Instagram post about women who got fine from officers. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they say they wanted to go to the grocery and buy some tampons, and the officer said that it wasn't an essential need, so they got the fine. <laughs> oh, so, wow! Wow! So yeah. this is where well, this is where it came from. Yes, I was like really shocked. So I was like, obviously, obviously, those 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 police officers were men, um, yes. not understanding that this is an essential item for. Yes. 51% of the population worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was really, I was really shocked and I was like, 
uh, I realized that I didn't have this issue because it were, it's been um, two years now that I use reusable pad. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's true. I don't have this issue. I didn't even th- thought about it. And so when I, I read that, I was like so angry and so shocked. So I was like, I, st- I start writing this project and I was thinking I never saw commercial in, on TV about reusable pads. So I was like, I need to to propose that to some brand and try to do it. So yeah, um, I'm not into commercial, but there there are some subjects uh, that matters. And I guess when I wrote it, it came as a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it came out as a commercial. So yeah. for those so for those that are listening in, it's a wonderful pad. Is a commercial that she did that is about a re- reusable menstrual pad as opposed to a disposable pad that um, you know women have been using disposables for many 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 years, and we are now just kind of migrating into this this green. Um, and having green products and and utilizing green and safe products back into our system, so that reusable pad is now having a resurgence. It's very sweet, sweet, wonderfully done, quirky uh, commercial. So, um, and I'm so so funny that it that it created and came from that pandemic of that of that situation that you read. <laughs> <laughs> in the newspapers. Um, how did you film this? Did you film this obviously during the pandemic? But uh, how did you? How did that work out for you? I mean, what were your requirements or restrictions when you were filming it? So I wrote it uh, in March or April 2020, and I we shot we shot it in January 2021 actually. So I was in New York. And uh, we did that in studio, and um, it was mostly it was um, friends of mine who helped me uh, because it was a very small project. Uh, I didn't have any brand support for that. I tried actually in France. I contacted a lot of brands, but none of them responded, or they said that uh, maybe reusable pads are not enough. Uh, commercialized so it's only you know you can only buy those on internet so they don't have they got afraid of a commercial proposal because they thought oh it's going to be a huge budget she's going to ask a lot of money to do this commercial so i did that alone and with the um, the help of my friends and people who support me and uh, i actually did um uh, a Kickstarter, and uh, a lot of women support this commercial. And uh, yeah, it was a really small project, actually. <laughs> so I'm really happy it, it got selected in in three festival. I didn't thought it would be selected anywhere. <laughs> so that so that's good. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, you know, narrative filmmaking when you do a feature film project has a structure. And so do commercials. Commercials have a structure as well. And we talk about um, what that structure is for those listening in that may not be aware of it. I would say it depends on how you want to sell your product. You know, it's always depending of each commercial has his way to sell or to each, each commercial has a 
his director or his creative uh, producer. And so it really depends. For me, I, I have more experience in narrative uh, projects. So I wrote it as a story. Most of them are not narrative. So let's uh, talk about um, you are moving into doing feature films. Are you currently working on a narrative feature film that you can talk about? Uh, I'm working on a short film I want to do. Uh, I mean, it's like a lot of writers and directors. We are, we have thousands of projects we work on at the, at the same time. But uh, yeah, currently I'm working on a, on a short film, narrative short film. And so uh, it talks about anxiety and especially hypochondria because I am an hypochondria person and uh, I still currently working on it. I want to shoot it next year. I hope so. And I'm also working on a project that at first I wanted to do it as a short film. As I'm writing it, I think it will be better as a feature. Um, So that's a a big ambition because it would be my first. Uh, But it's... um, for this feature, I want to um, talk about the, um, the violence in France concerning the police, how they um, treat women who came to uh, do a, not a complaint, but you know, when they are, they suffer from, um, I forgot how you say English, but when your, um, your partner abuse you, wait, for abuse. <laughs> uh, in France, it's a it's a very big subject uh, because the police usually don't take the complaint, and a lot of women are are killed uh, by their partners. And it's uh, everyone talk about it in in France, and it's an issue that's important to me. So I'm currently writing about this. It's not very happy subject but an important subject and a subject that is you know currently on a lot of people's minds um a lot of women who um have been abused by their partners have come forth and i think if you have a creative um, outlet to channel that into an interesting film you know there's always space to to create that narrative uh, story structure, especially if you're putting a spin on it, you know that we haven't seen, uh, which is always you know nice to have. Um, but let's talk about also, you know, you've you've turned from your camera work and you've utilized it, uh, that as a director. Have you struggled more so as a woman than uh, you know up against men going after the same job? After I uh, fin- I graduated this school, this film school in Paris, uh, I was graduated as a production assistant. So first I was working in production, uh, and I worked in production like maybe two years, and then I switched to a uh, to camera department. And uh, so I start the first year I, I was working in France, and I'd say yes, it was really complicated at first uh as a woman yes definitely uh there is more from my experience i had more sexism in france than here in the u.s and uh, yeah i had to work uh with uh, some men who were doubting every time from 
uh, my skills as an assistant camera. And I was not very confident because uh, I did I didn't know nothing about camera. I was graduating from production, so I had no confidence. So it was easy to I wouldn't say abuse me, but uh, like take advantage. Yes, take, yeah, and take yeah. advantage. So how did you spin me. that? How did you yeah. work against that? The more I got experience, the more I got confidence and I'm still working on it. It's been two years that I am a um, full-time uh, assistant camera and now I have enough confidence to either to say no or to say I am capable of this So or listen to me. It's the, but, um, and I, I had a, a lot of support from, uh, from uh, my friends who were taking me on those um those shoots and mm-hmm. but yeah it wasn't easy all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's interesting that you say you had more of that discrimination in Paris than you did here in the US mm-hmm. so they were more uh, open to having you participate and and listening to your point of view here in the US than it was in Paris why is that do you think but well, i think in France we still have a uh, very sexist culture uh-huh. uh, and in the cinema especially uh, it's different from here because in France um, people are seeing that you are experienced if you are I don't know old enough it's it's your age that de- that determines your experience here uh-huh. everyone uh, is not trusting you, but they, they let you a chance to prove to prove yourself, no matter your age is. So that's first. And uh, in the, this industry in France, there is more men uh, than women. And, so it's more men dominated in France. Yeah, and old men in power. So well, older men. Yeah, so <laughs> a bit less. Uh, open-minded about women can do the job too you know (laughs) but uh yeah uh i met pretty cool people here and maybe also because when i arrived in new york i i had a year of of experience so maybe it was you could see i I had more confidence maybe so maybe that that's why i had less problem here but uh, i really think in france we have a sexist culture and that need to be change (laughs) is is it changing is is it changing in france in the entertainment industry or is it still stagnant and 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 not changing is the flow because in in the u.s right now we have a lot of movements we have the me too movement we have you know black lives matter we have equality we have lgbtq plus you know making a stand uh, we have counterculture happening. We've got a lot of movements really culminating for the first time in history. Are, are those movements, are you seeing any of those in France making any difference? We have the Me Too movement. Uh, uh-huh. In, Fr- in uh, French, they say balance ton port. And there are a lot of Instagram accounts that denounce uh those uh, sexist behavior, especially on, on set. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't say if it has changed since I'm 
I left, but I think it's uh, there is some a lot of work to do. <laughs> Still a lot of work to do. Yes, <laughs> but we, we, I mean, we are seeing a lot of um, more and more women uh, as head of uh, department. Um, this uh, tomorrow, I'm starting a. There is a, a French feature, feature, sorry, and they're coming in New York to do their. Uh, US part and the director, the DP, the first AC are all women. So there is slowly some progress, but uh, still not enough, I will say. Well, that's well, it's never enough. Yes, <laughs> it's never enough until it, the, until the 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 balance is is equal on both sides. Yeah. But at, at least movement needs to you know happen more in some of the other countries. The U.S. has always been a forerunner in in making that change. So m- maybe there'll be a, more of a rippling effect throughout those you know countries in the future. Yeah. So, um, are you planning on um? Uh, you know, doing and advancing uh, your expertise into cinematography that you can then translate more into your directorial um, avenues. You mean specialize in cinematography? Or doing more cinematography in in commercials and features, you know, as, as translating that vision into your directing? Yes. For, for now, I'm trying to direct a project like once a year for now. Most of the time I'm... Uh, first AC, so first assistant camera. So I'm working close with the, the cinematographer. Uh, and I consider I still I still have a, a lot to learn. It's, it's been only two years that I'm working in camera department. The composing of an image and the trigger with the lights. I mean, all of this is going to be useful for me in every project as a director. I'm seeing this... Uh, I'm seeing... Um, things very differently now with another eye, if I could say. So when you direct, um, what's your process? Uh, how do you like to work with your talent? Do you mean uh, also as in the pre-production or just with the... Yeah. Either. Either in, produ- in pre-production, uh, do you do rehearsals with them? How, what's your process? First, so obviously, I write this, this script. <laughs> And uh, then I'd like to um, talk with my uh, DP to see with him um, how he sees uh, the image of my project. And then I tell him how I see things because it's interesting to, um, you know, so, some directors, they have their, their way, they, they know when they write, they know... Um, they always they see their movie and they don't want to um, they don't want to would say listen their DP or people who are here to help them um, achieve the the project. Uh, but I like uh, listening ideas of the people who are doing the movie with me because sometimes they have better ideas than me and it's making the projects even better. Um, and uh, for the talent, it's the last thing I do. Once I have all of my crew and I have the location, everything, uh, I start looking for talent. 
and I like to uh, see when I see, for example, uh, a comedian that looks perfect for my character. Uh, I like to uh, discuss with them first to know if uh, between me and the comedian it's going to be um, we're going to have a good uh, chemistry, if I, if I could say. And then, yeah, a lot of rehearsal because I learned, um, I work a lot uh, on projects where they didn't do any rehearsal and it was just losing time for everyone. So now I'm making as many rehearsals as needed so so that the, the tenants are not lost. And also I like to, um, to show them uh, the frame because sometimes it's not um, it's not obvious for comedians. You you ask them to do some stuff, and they're like, "I don't understand what you want me to do." Because it's not you see the you see the frame, you see the picture. It's obvious for you, but for them, they they're just like they're in front of the camera, so it's not really obvious all the time. So I like to show them the frame, and all the time they're like, "Oh yeah, of course I understand," and it's making things more smooth here. <laughs> so what pit, bit of advice can you give a new filmmaker coming up through the ranks that maybe you've experienced that you can share with us? Uh, I would say definitely try as many departments as you can before being director because everyone wants to be a director. But uh it's uh, it's it's a thing I, I learned from the beginning when I start uh, my school. You need to to understand each department that are working for you for your project. You are more you understand more how uh, how it's how it's working. Why it's taking sometimes to do a framing, a lighting, and you are more. Um, com- you have more co- compassion, I would say, and yeah, I would definitely try try as many de- departments as you can. You you have you'll be, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I try production, so now I have more compassion with them because technicians all the time they are complaining about the productions, but this is the worst department ever. You everything. Everything bad that's happening on sets, it's your fault because you are the production. Uh, I tried, uh, I was first AD and it's the same thing. I mean, I try to be nice to everyone now because I try nearly every department. It's it's better if everyone understands each other, understand that the work we're doing is important and that everyone's doing their best good advice for a for a new one coming up is really experiment and work all the departments if you can on production so you have a larger purview of what's going on on set that can only assist you and really and i'm saying this to everyone who's listening in that experience is just so important because if you don't know what it's like to be, you know, a camera operator. If you don't know what it's like to work on production, if you don't know what it's like to work on, um, you know, props, if you don't know what it's like to work in uh, set design, then you really don't understand their pain and suffering, (laughs) their pain and suffering during that, 
during production. And if you do have an opportunity to internship or to work um, in those departments, grab onto it because you'll only learn more about the overall production than than having one point of view, which is sometimes tainted because you just don't have that other experience. So that's, that's great. Yeah. And I would, I would just add that it's, uh, it's also helping yourself because when you want, you know more what you want, I would say, because for example, if you know more things about camera than a director that doesn't, you will be able to communicate much faster with the, the cinematographer. You will understand your language, uh, if I would say, for example. So, Excellent. What's a dirty little secret uh, that you want to share with us that you've learned uh, through your experiences and maybe it maybe you've already said it maybe it's that paris is still sexist and it's still hard to work as a woman but is there anything specific you want to share in a dirty little secret when i i knew from very young that i wanted to do cinema and i honestly didn't know it would be i I wouldn't say so hard but hard uh I just wanted at first. I just wanted to be director and straight direct movies, and then uh, I learned that you have to be social. You have uh, to know how to communicate with people. You have to be able to sell yourself. Uh, you need to try every department to understand thing, and you can't be straight director. You need to start at the. Um, you need to start uh, at the bottom. Yes, exactly. So yeah, that that's why that's a hard thing I I learned. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting at the bottom and working your way up. You can't just jump into a power position without having that experience. Yeah, and that Hollywood it's not all stars and glamorous stuff. There is like some hard stuff too. <laughs> it's not all pixie dust. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> by the fairies pixie dust by the fairies <laughs> very good oh my gosh thank you so much for joining us on best and fest i would like to thank uh, you justine for uh, coming along uh, anyone who wants to see the video component of this can tap into the Lefem international film festival youtube channel and they can watch it there And don't forget to like us and rate us and rank us on the podcast channel you are listening to Best and Fest on. Make sure you guys review us on iTunes. Don't forget to do that. And Justine, what are your socials that you can shout out to the people that are listening in? Uh, So I have Instagram. It's Justine uh, and Justine B-E-R. Justine Bertram. And uh, that's it. I just have Instagram. (laughs) Well, tap tap on to her um, on Instagram and chat with her and DM her. Thank you so much, Justine, for joining us. Best and fast. We're out. Mm